I'm ready. Well, if Amy's ready, everybody's ready. Hey everybody, I'm Kai Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I'm Amy Scott, in for Kimberly Adams. Thanks everyone for joining us today. It is Thursday, August 24th. We're going to do our Thursday thing, a little audio from this week's news. Uh, We'll chat about it uh, probably three, four times, I guess, uh, and then we will um, depart. Right? Yes. All right. We've got some good clips for you today. Let's start with the first one, shall we? We experienced an increased rate of delinquencies within the credit card portfolio across all stages of aged balances. While we had expected delinquencies to rise as part of our normalizing credit environment, the speed at which the increase occurred for us and the broader credit card industry since our first quarter earnings call was faster than planned. Yeah. So that was from yeah. uh, the Macy's earnings call earlier this week. Mitchell Hartman did a story uh, about retail and, and the way consumer habits are changing and what that's doing to them. I think there are a couple of things that are interesting in that piece of tape. Well, one in the piece of tape and then, and then one which I will share with you. Uh, obviously, loan delinquencies, credit card delinquencies uh, piling up more quickly than they were uh, thinking they might. That is not great. That is very not great. Uh, and it's a little glitch in the whole consumer-driven recovery, right? Number one. Number mm-hmm. two, as a result of some of those glitches, uh, Macy's actually, while it hit its earnings target, Macy's actually lost money April through June, which is, I mean, that's something. When a big retailer like yeah. that actually net-net loses money. So, yeah. Yeah, and people just generally are struggling mm-hmm. a little bit to pay their bills and part of this is because mortgage or sorry interest rates on credit cards interest have gotten rates. so high right. so their balances are higher people are having trouble paying the bills not spending therefore as much on their macy's credit cards right and they actually right. had to and, write and, down some of that debt and just say it's not going right. to get paid back right and and not to get totally geeky here uh but <laughs> sorry i gotta open the door so bonds i can get in uh bonds come on uh, otherwise she will scratch um not to get totally geeky here, but a couple of weeks ago, the New York, uh, San Francisco Fed was out with some research that showed excess savings that consumers have in their bank accounts, which is what we've been using to pay a lot of these credit card bills ever since we got uh, a lot of those payments during the pandemic. That is going to be exhausted in this quarter. Um, so, it, you know, the consumer picture is is a little bit tricky right now. A little bit tricky. Yeah. And. You know, when people have to start, millions of people have to start repaying student student loans loans again, could complicate matters further. Though I think we should point out that in the scheme of things, according to the New York Fed, delinquencies are still pretty low. um, Right. Higher than just before COVID, but even then they were pretty, pretty okay. Yep. So not to worry too much yet. Not not to worry too much. Yeah, don't go away from this thinking the recession's around the corner. Do not think that. Right. Uh, Okay, next clip. Here we go. Or what do you think of my artificial voice? Uh, that was kind of a wild story. You take that one. Yeah. 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 So that was the artificial voice of a woman named Ann Johnson. She had a stroke when she was 30 years old uh, back in 2005. And she hadn't been able to speak since. Uh, but that was her basically communicating through an AI avatar controlled by her brain signals. It's just t- so remarkable. Mm-hmm. The New York Times posted this clip of, of Ann Johnson's avatar voice. Um, 
And I'll just quote from the story. Uh, Technology converted her brain signals into written and vocalized language and enabled an avatar on a computer screen to speak the words and display smiles, pursed lips, and other expressions. Uh, The research was Mm -hmm. first published in the journal Nature. Um, The Time story is great. Uh, She told the reporter, it let me feel like I was a whole person again. And, you know, I think we talk a lot on this show and others about the the risks of AI and all the scary and problematic things about Mm -hmm. it. But this is Mm -hmm. just a really positive story about someone who got to speak, you know, for the first time in many years. Pretty cool. I, I think I think your your point there, your last point is an amazing one, right? For all the peril that these new technologies bring, which they do, and all the you yeah. know wailing and gnashing of teeth, right? Which yes, okay, fine, but literally it changes people's lives for the better. Literally, it can do yep. that, and that's kind of great. It's kind of great. Yeah. yeah. All right, next clip, shall we? There we go. People are <laughs> applauding. Land Let us Martin. all wait to hear from the Secretary Department of Space and Chairman ISRO, Sri S. Somnath. So, India is on the moon. That was audio of a video feed of Mission Control uh, in India. As the, ch- I'm going to mess this up, Chandrayaan 3. Uh, probe made its approach to and landed on the moon. It's got a little rover inside. It's on the south pole of the moon or near the south pole, which is where they think there's actual frozen ice, frozen water, um, which could be really cool for a whole lot of things. And India's on the moon. I just think it's I just think it's amazing. I think it's very cool. Just very cool. Yeah, it is cool. And yet... <laughs> I was thinking about all the trash that's piling up on the moon. So, you know, Russia, this was interesting because Russia just less than a week before had failed to land its uh, own probe. Uh, it crashed into the moon's surface. And, and I was just thinking about, mm. like, how many of those things are up there? <laughs> if you Google search yeah. this, there's an Atlantic story from maybe seven years ago that says there's like 400,000 tons of junk strewn across the moon at this point from both successful and failed missions so not to be a downer but it's kind of an interesting um side effect of this this successful mission well well look maybe at some point it'll be common enough to go up there that we can figure out what to do with all that junk and you know we probably won't bring it back but (laughs) we could you know figure out something to do with it but anyway you know exploration is cool Exploration is cool. And, it is. and if and if NASA's timeline works, I think uh, we're back on the moon in like 2024, 2025-ish, which would be cool. Maybe they can bring cool. a couple of hefty bags. That's right. A couple of, hefty, couple of hefty bags. All right. Last clip of the day coming up, playing around of Name That Tune. We'll play a bit of a song that a listener sent in as their economic anthem of the moment. We will try to guess what it is. I'm just going to say I got it last week, and I'm pretty damn proud of that. Uh, and then one of our producers I will slack us impressed. the answer. I, I was very, I was very, very pleased, as I think you gathered in that moment on the podcast. Anyway, uh, let's hit it, and and then we'll try to guess what it is. Oh come on, we all know that. One. You guys really come think on. we're out of it, huh? That wasn't even hard, man. That's like almost from my era. It's a little before. I'm not that old, but you know. Right. Beach Boys. Beach Beach Boys, Boys. of course, Good Vibrations, beautiful song. I was so prepared to be stumped, but thanks for playing an oldie (laughs) and a goodie. 
Oh, man. Stephanie from Berlin so, sent that one in. That is her economic anthem of the moment. Um, got a link in the show notes to a Spotify playlist that we're doing with all those listener submissions. So, do you have cool. one, by the way? I do. I do. But I don't know if I'm allowed to roll it out now because I think oh, Marissa okay. wanted to make a big hoo-ha out of it. But I, I don't know. So we'll see. Can't it for, wait. For a later date. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Anyway, uh, so we're done for the day. That's it. Quick and dirty. Back tomorrow for Economics on Tap. Join us on the YouTube live stream at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. Uh, sign up for our newsletter, uh, if you like, where the team shares reading recommendations. Also, we will let you in on what we're drinking for a happy hour tomorrow. I will be having water because I got a soccer game tomorrow night. Uh, but you can sign up at marketplace.org slash newsletters. Be trying to hydrate in advance because it's going to be like 90 degrees. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Our intern is Nilafar Shabandi. Marissa Cabrera is the senior producer of this year's podcast. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand at Marketplace Productions. Which ought to be a thing, even though it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying. If anybody in St. Paul is listening, you know where to find me. You're just going to will it into being. I love it. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.